Thank you so much. It's great to be with you after such a long time. And uh, I just wish um, I had more time in the day to be able to join you um, on these calls. But um, I want to read some por portion from Revelation chapter 17. Revelation 17, uh, the theme of that uh, chapter is of the whore of Babylon and the beast. Uh, so much is said in that uh, passage. Um, but we read in uh, verse 5 and 6. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. I want to stop there, dear friends. Here we have a picture of a woman who is drunken. The mother of harlots. And to see a woman drunk is uh, such a shameful sight. But here is a woman drunk with blood. Uh, she's not drunk with wine, but she's uh, drunk with uh, blood of the martyrs. Uh, she's she's drinking the blood of the best of men and women uh, uh, of whom the world is unworthy. And these are the martyrs of Jesus. It says, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. These are the saints. These are the martyrs who shed their blood for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we could think of those of the past. We could think of those of today. And I want us to think a little bit about this. There is a whole cloud of witnesses of the martyrs. Uh, and who are the martyrs? When we think about the martyrs, the very word itself, it speaks about witness, witness. And as we are praying, dear friends, I want us to think about the history that exists, both the inspired history of the scripture. We have martyrs in scripture from that first one, Abel, who shed his blood and his uh, blood speaks um, from the earth. Uh, the blood of others, the prophets of old in the Old Testament. And then, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ to shed his blood for us. He was not a martyr as such uh, in, in the same way um, because he came with that intention to shed his blood for his people. But what a history we have, dear friends. What a legacy we have. And um, sometimes I think that in the West, uh, we have, uh, we are living at a time when we think that uh, it is, um, we are not at war, but the scripture tells us again and again and again that we are at war. We are in a desperate war. The problem is we are lulled to sleep. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he said that we are not ignorant of his devices, that Satan's devices, but it seems that Western world uh, has been lulled to sleep. We have so much of this world. And we think because we have our churches that we can go freely into our congregations. We can carry our Bibles. We have uh, so many Bibles. We have so many translations out there. And uh, I don't know what people do. They think they think with having more translations, it's going to a revival bring up. Uh, it will bring about a revival. 
uh, my friends, uh, simply having more modern Bibles is not going to bring about any revival. Um, and, uh, and people think because we have these things, because we are not having martyrs in the Western church, we are not under attack. But the Apostle Paul says, no, there, is a, there, is, there are the devices of Satan. My son was um, uh, was uh, filling in the forms for his college, and uh, this is what he had to uh, under the um, form uh, under the title "sex." They had all sorts of um, things he could select. Um, then under gender, I'm just reading out the the um, screenshot of the um, uh, the the point where he was he had to select what gender he is um, this is what was that and this is the old-fashioned college in united kingdom in england that people don't realize that and they think that education is neutral and they think that uh, really there we don't need to bring in uh, the the word of god to bear upon these things but this is what um it's happening and there's an attack upon the minds and hearts of the church. And if we are not watching yet, if we are not, um, if we are ignorant of Satan's devices, uh, then what have we? This is what uh, he had to select. The first one under gender was transgender. So they already tell you what's their intention, what they want to indoctrinate the children with. Transgender, female, male, bigender. Gender queer, gender fluid, gender neutral, gender variant, gender intersex, transgender female, transgender male, binary, and others. How horrible. How disgusting. And yet this is it, dear friends. This and a myriad of many other ways Satan is seeking to come and to fill the minds of old and young with his devices. And dear friends, yet the church of Jesus Christ has always been under this kind of an attack. This is not something new. When you look at the um, history of the church, you'll, you'll read of the apostles. I mean, how many of them um, stayed alive till a good old age? Only we know of John, who was cast upon the Isle of Patmos. But the rest of them, uh, as we understand it, uh, they were all, um, they all had to shed their blood. They all died. And you imagine, dear friends, that's, that's what we have enlisted, uh, to uh, live for Christ, to stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. When you have then the, those great apostolic fathers, of the church they we could have called them apostolic infants they, they didn't always think straight about things but many of them had enough faith and love for jesus christ that they shed their blood uh, for the savior there was the ignatius of antioch and uh, the uh, emperor trajan came to ignatius and said to him you have an, a demonic spirit in you and that is why you're rejecting to bow the knee before me and he boldly said this, not an evil spirit, but I have Jesus Christ in my heart. That's what he said. There was that 
th this man of God who had um, who came before this the highest um, man in the known world, Emperor Trajan. He, he, he was questioned. He was beaten. He was tortured. tortured. And, and he was asked, do you mean him who was crucified by Pontius Pilate? Do you really, are you going to give your life for him who was crucified by someone lower than me? And Ignatius said, yes. He was crucified for my sins. He, he was willing to bear witness, dear friends. And, and the woman, the harlot in that text, she's drunk with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. You have the account of Polycarp, that great man of God. That old man who was uh, known as a disciple of the apostle John. Um, and he comes and he preaches the word of God, he faces all manner of evil, he faces all manner of persecutions, and yet he's steadfast. And when he's brought, he's captured, uh, and he's brought before the king, uh, what is said of him? Uh, he spoke and he uh, bore witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet they they said to him, the governor said to him, we will cast you before the lions. And his response was this, and you know it well, I'm sure. Eighty and six years have I served Christ, and he has done me no wrong, he said. Why should I now deny him? Uh, what a thing, dear friends. Do you face that kind of a thing? And it wasn't just men, there were women as well. That, that harlot is drunk with the blood of uh, saintly women and we only have certain names there are so many nameless uh, believers who gave their lives you have those famous people uh, like blandina uh, she was a she seemed to be a frail slave girl from southern france and uh, she was she trusted in Jesus Christ. She was set free as the slave of Satan and sin. And, uh, and yet she bore witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she was facing fierce beasts. She was facing uh, torments. And, and when she uh, was, was facing all of that, she said no. I will bear with all of these things for the one who shed his blood for me. There was the uh, Vivia Perpetua from Carthage, from North Africa. Uh, she, she was a young mother. She had a, a little son, an infant son. She had an elderly father that she was looking after. But she was dragged before the courts. And she really understood what it means. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more, more than me is not worthy of me. She really understood that. And this is what she said. She said, for that name, I will gladly die. For the name of Jesus Christ, I will gladly die. What a woman. It's she and all the others, they embody conviction, valor, that goes against all the social norms.
in their time. There was the Cyprian of Carthage. And uh, and he, he, when he was charged, when he had to be brought before the Emperor Galerian, uh, and he responded in this way. He says, I have lived as a Christian and a bishop for these many years. Can you adopt so many years of life in one line? He was charged and he was, he was told that you need to tell us what is it that is making you to be willing to shed your blood for this man called Jesus. And he said, you cannot count what he has done for me in my life. Dear friends, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The blood of the martyrs of Jesus. They were not shed in vain. You have the catacombs. What a legacy. That labyrinth of passages. Those chambers underground. And the Christians wanted to come together. They were not. Yes, they were scattered. But they came together. They wanted to uh, take refuge together. To be somewhere where they can pray together. Uh, uh, hear the word of God together. To be united together. There was unity amongst them. Resilience amongst them. They wanted to worship God together amidst all that darkness what an impact and and yet their blood was shed so much blood was shed so much cruelty was done to them and the scripture speaks that this harlot was drunk with their blood the blood of the martyrs of jesus what can you learn from this there's unwavering faith in adversity have you that kind of a faith? We need to pray for that. There was that courage we learned, courage in the face of fear. What do you fear? But you need to pray for courage. What, what they were willing to sacrifice for, to be sacrificed for the truth, that they stand for the truth. What an amazing thing. What a legacy these martyrs leave behind for us through their perseverance and also the another lesson that you have from these martyrs that their blood was shed and uh, and this harlot was drunk by their blood is that any christian can be faithful any christian it doesn't matter if you're a man woman a church leader a common believer if we could use that term a child it doesn't matter who you are if christ has saved you then by his grace, you can be used for anything. You, you can be faithful, even unto death, by the grace of God. And all of these things are telling us there's this spiritual warfare. There is uh, the need to seek refuge in community of the saints. To, and it is t teaching us about faith that transforms this faith in Jesus Christ that transforms. There's this enduring impact that the saints can have on their on the, the people around them. It is speaking volumes, dear friends, when it speaks and says that this woman, this harlot, was drunk, drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. I I, I experienced, dear friends, uh, and I have to minister to in my capacity by God's grace to individuals who are not martyred yet but they are willing to i talked to one man 
a 21-year-old young man. His name is Kusha from Iran. And this is his word. He's right there, right now. He is um, laboring for the Lord. He's working. And he is doing much proofreading. Uh, he is helping with all sorts of um, uh, things for the Lord. And uh, it is an amazing thing. And here's a young man saying, I, I, I will do anything for the Lord. And yet he's in the midst of a very dark country shining for Christ. What a challenge that is to me. We all can sit behind our desks. We have everything. And uh, yet let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray for ourselves first that the Lord would awaken us. And let us pray uh, for those who are suffering for the sake of Jesus Christ. And let us pray that the Lord would uh, use us and our children and the generations to come to make an impact for Jesus Christ, not to be so concerned about persecution, because persecution never killed the church. It was unfaithfulness, worldliness, compromise. A prayerless church is a church that will die out. A prayerless soul is a soul that will vanish from this world without a trace that they have made an impact for Christ or for eternity. Well, may the Lord bless you, dear friends, for listening to these uh, few thoughts. And let us remember, the woman is there to drink the blood of the saints. The battle is raging in spiritual realms and it touches this world. Mm -hmm. The martyrs of Jesus, the witness of Jesus Christ are here on this yes. call they we must bear witness of the lord jesus christ in whatever capacity we have and to be faithful witnesses we need the hand of god we need the grace of god and you obtain that through prayer may god bless you